Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't, commit to a monthly sponsorship. Please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints. I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another tall and strong episode of Yes, Jesus! I'm Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with my bestie, Azariah Southworth. That's right. And here at Yes, Jesus, we believe... Whether you strut or sashay, whether you're mask or femme, God loves and accepts you. Yes, it is so true. But that's not new news. God's always loved you. We are sitting Christian news. Bishop Megan Rohrer is the first transgender bishop in the Lutheran Church, or mainly in any mainline Christian de- denomination. So this is huge. Hey, snaps to yes. Bishop Megan. On September 11th, yes, on that day, Bishop Rohrer was installed as the bishop of the Sierra Pacific Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Say that 10 times fast. I love that line. The worship service was very <laughs> colorful and festive. Yes, our own freaking Deacon Ross Murray was there and was an assisting minister. That means that he was leading prayers, holding the book while Bishop Rohrer read prayers, and generally making sure the worship went smoothly. Way to be smooth, mm-hmm. Ross. Historic. And then, the next day, the first out lesbian bishop was installed in the Lutheran Church. So watch out for the Lutheran Church. She is now the bishop of the Southwest California Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Yes, it's like a whole gaggle of queers are taking over the Lutherans. I'm here for it. (laughs) Brenda Boz was installed on September 12th. Brenda went to seminary after a career in television production, and she even worked on a season of The Golden Girls. Now that's gay. Wow. (laughs) A Lutheran bishop who knows The Golden Girls. Sounds like the right kind of ministry to me. Yes, Jesus. Uh, We do love it. Uh, Praise God for that. And speaking of praising God, it's time to come to the praise report and prayer request. This is the portion of our show where if you have a little something you want extra you want to praise God for, we'll help amplify your message with our loud ass voices. And if you have something uh, that you need some extra prayer for, um, we will care bear stare it down. So as you tell us, uh, what's this prayer request? This prayer request comes from Scooter. Scooter says, let me just say that words cannot express how important your podcast is to me. It is something that has reimmersed my faith with the Lord over these troubling times. I came out in October 2020 and received praise from all of those close to me, except from my mother. She has had a hard time conceptualizing my lifestyle choices, ranging from my sexuality to my career path. I ask that the Lord helps me find the strength to improve my relationship with my mother and have her see the light in me or give me the strength to press on as a young adult if I cannot have her in my life. I look forward to tuning in every week. God bless. Wow, Scooter. Oh, Scooter, I think you've written us before. We're so happy uh, to hear from you. Um, I'm so glad that our show is giving... Uh, you some light because you're a light to us and we really, really appreciate you. 
Uh, we have a praise report, and this is a praise for our listeners uh, who are giving some great feedback, content ideas, and their own favorite sexy scripture verses. Here's one example from Madeline. Let's take a listen. Hey, so I just finished the episode about Song of Solomon with Similar. I love their music so much. Uh, it played a big part in me coming out as bisexual. And my voice is literally raspy from me screaming youth group lock-in at the top of my lungs for many days on end. But I wanted to share my favorite sexy Bible verse. It doesn't come from Song of Solomon, but from Ezekiel 16, verse 17. And it says, You also took your beautiful jewels of my gold and my silver that I had given you and made for yourself male images and with them played the whore. I think that is pretty spicy and I absolutely love that our sacred religious text uh, includes golden dildos. So I think that's just wonderful. Bye. (laughs) Wait, wait. I... I knew my name was in the Bible, but I didn't know that there was a verse written about me. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Dildo Golden Boy. I mean, <laughs> I cannot believe, I cannot believe that this, I mean, how did I live all this time without knowing that there was a verse about golden dildos in the Bible? Um, I don't know, but we need to do an episode on that I feel like that's now. like, that might be merch. That needs to be <laughs> merch. <laughs> Thank you so much, Madeline, for sharing that. Uh, please, you guys, just hit us up on yashjesuspod.com if you have your own favorite sexy scripture verse or anything as entertaining <laughs> as Madeline's message. Uh, we love it so much. Uh, we definitely need to do an episode on the golden dildos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a break right now. Um, um, and look around for a golden, some gold around <laughs> my house. Um, and we'll be right back with the scripture of the day. And now it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh. It's soul food. It's so soul food. Feed me as you feed me. <laughs> Here's a golden spoon. Galatians 3.28. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. I needed that verse. Um, and so does a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't teach us these perspectives. Yeah. What's it? Uh, yeah. Like, why, I mean, we should be discussing these things openly. I mean, that's why Yash Jesus is here. Uh, talk to us about the gospel, Azzy. What's, tell us today's, like, like, what are we talking about today? Well, with the scripture comes the questions Are you mask for mask? Or are you femme for femme? Or mask for femme? Or femme for mask? Or, or fesk? I don't know. Are you just, <laughs> just think this whole binary thing is stupid? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter because God loves you. And many Christian writers and preachers love, oh, honey, do they love talking about gender roles. This is what a biblical man is or even what a biblical woman is. The late Christian author Rachel Held Evans wrote a book title, A Year of the Biblical Womanhood, where she tried to follow every single biblical commandment for women in the Bible, including to build a tent to live in while she was menstruating. Wait, so I wonder if they have to like put it up and tear it down every month. But also, where is the biblical manhood book? 
Well, because the idea of manhood is so influenced by our contemporary culture, we continue to see gender roles like it's 1950s in white conservative America. Mm. There's so many blogs about biblical men. And they seem to reassert the mask for mask mentality. Yeah, I know James Dobson loves to assert his idea of what a biblical man is. But that's beside the point. So uh, do our listeners know what mask for mask is, do you think? Do we do we need to explain this? Do you really think there are yes Jesus listeners who don't know what mask for mask is? I, well, I, mean, I think there might be a few. Probably. Okay, <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right, we'll try it. Let's do it. Okay, so in case you didn't know, there's sort of a hierarchy in the gay world in mm-hmm. terms of what someone finds attractive mm-hmm. or what gets held up as the model ideals for beauty. And that model comes directly from white supremacy and the patriarchy. And we just got to put that out there. Totally. And it's one of those standards of beauty that is often masculinity is this idea that even if he's gay, the guy's straight passing, or if he's manly enough, it tends to put effeminate men further down that hierarchy, naming them as mm-hmm. less desirable. It's gross and shaming and not the way things should be, but we live in a broken, sinful world. And one of the shorthand phrases that has been developed on dating apps has been mask for mask. The idea that the person on the profile is masculine, whatever that means, and he's looking for someone else who is equally or more masculine, whatever that means. Again, let's just stress that this is totally gross, discriminatory, and I'm going to say it sinful. Name it. Name it. Name it. So, that's mask for mask. And here's the thing. Masculine often means outdoorsy or muscly or like me, hairy. Uh, so fill in more with what fits for you. I mean, I'm hairy, but I don't, I don't think of myself as traditional masculine by any means. I, I mean, a deep voice, I guess. Or like, you know, there was only, I mean, I didn't do stand up for so long because I was afraid of sounding gay, whatever that means. Like, I, I just, I'm so irritated by how media and pop culture has affected so many people's comfortability in their own skin. It seems like there's this idea of making queer people more acceptable if they fall into the ideal masculinity. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The guys who are muscly or hairy or super masculine in the Bible tend to not be great people. They're not ideal. So let's... Let's look at a few examples from the Bible to see what masculinity has, how it's been portrayed in the Bible. The first example is a hairy man, Esau. Esau is the twin brother of Jacob. Esau is the older, and the Bible describes him as, as him and Jacob as complete opposites. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Genesis 25, 25 through 26. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel, so he was called Jacob. And Genesis makes a point to say how hairy, very hairy Esau was, his body like a hairy mantle. That makes me wonder, how hairy is your mantle? That is none of your business. I trimmed yesterday, by the way, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, Genesis later says that Jacob is a smooth boy, like a twink. More on that later, but you have the hairy brother and the smooth brother. The bear and the twink. Such a friendly combination. (laughs) But the contrast between Esau and Jacob is made even further clearer as we go along. In Genesis Genesis 25, 27, when the boys grew up, 
Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in tents. Maybe he was on his period. <laughs> and Esau was the manly man, loving to go out hunting, working the ground. And Jacob was a quiet boy, staying close to the tents. And this same distinction shows up because Jacob is a mama's boy, while Esau takes after his daddy. So Genesis chapter 25 through 28 says, Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game or otherwise hunting. But Rebekah, the wife, the mother, loved Jacob. Because Jacob loves shopping. No, I don't know. I don't know why. But <laughs> Let's go to Jerusalem. So... <laughs> Let's go to the market. Because <laughs> Jacob made macrame. No. So Esau matches, <laughs> matches that masculine stereotype that has been idealized and portrayed. He's the one that would totally be the master of mass type, like the alpha. Plus, Esau's the firstborn son, so he's already supposed to receive a blessing and a birthright. He should be the one blessed by God, but that's not exactly how it works out. That's also if we want to follow patriarchy standards, right? So some of you know this, but there are two stories where Jacob, with a little help from his mother, actually steals both Esau's birthright and blessing. So twinks, listen up. If you want to know how to steal the birthright, this is how you do it. So first... Esau is just dumb and controlled by his bodily urges, namely hunger. And in Genesis tells us the story that Esau comes home from a big hunt and he's hungry and Jacob is cooking again with the messing with ginger rolls. So Esau demands some of Jacob's food, like my cornbread that I made today. And Jacob says he'll give him some of his food in exchange for Esau's birthright. And Esau agrees to give up his birthright for a plate of what Genesis 25:30 calls red stuff. <laughs> red stuff? Red stuff, kind of like in the uh, uh <laughs> All right, we're going to right, we're going right, right, to go back to that. First of all, what's his birthright? Well, with a birthright the firstborn son inherits the leadership of the family and the authority of his father. I don't want to pay the cable mm -hmm. bill. Wait, hold on. So Esau's giving away his authority over the family mm -hmm. so that he can eat a plate of red stuff. Mm -hmm. What is this red stuff? Kidney beans, beets, watermelon, borscht? It makes me, what, what exactly? What else is red? Makes me think of Breath of the Wild, you know, the junk food that Link makes. Oh, the dubious, <laughs> the dubious food? food? The dubious food in Zelda? It's dubious food, yeah. <laughs> so Esau doesn't think of his future. He just wants the dubious food and a smarter, less masculine brother just took his authority over the family away from him. It goes on from there, and Jacob does it again. This time, it's about the blessing from God that's been passing through the family. Isaac, the dad, wants to give Esau his blessing, but Esau is about to go out and hunt some meat and cook it up for him. Rebecca, Jacob's mom, hears this and tells Jacob to get out one of the lambs that she'll cook up the way Isaac likes it, and then Jacob can serve it to his dad and get the blessing. Uh, did we mention that Isaac... The dad is old and pretty much blind by this point, and he can't even see. And this is going to serve Jacob well. So Jacob points out to his mom that he's smooth. Look, look, mom, I'm a twink. I don't have any hair, okay? Like, how are we going to make this work? But Rebecca has a plan. And in Genesis 27, verse 11 through 17, Jacob says to his mother, Rebecca, Look, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a man of smooth skin. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. 
His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my word and go, get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. And she put the skins of the kids, which is a young goat, on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she handed the savory food and the bread that she had prepared to her son Jacob. And it all goes according to plan. Jacob is now an Esau drag. He's dressed in Esau's clothes, wearing furry animal skins, and this fools Isaac. So in Genesis chapter 27, verse 21 through 27, then Isaac said to Jacob, come near me that I may feel you. <laughs> it's a terrible voice. <laughs> My son. No, please. I love your Jacob voice. Don't stop. Or I love your <laughs> Isaac voice. Your Isaac voice. voice. Keep going. Your Isaac voice. Come near me that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went up to his father Isaac, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So (laughs) I'm jumping in here. I'm just jumping in here. To note that Isaac is feeling up his own son. Uh-huh. What do you think Jacob was like there? Like, was he just playing it cool? Was he nervous? Oh, he's going to touch my lamb hand, my lamb neck. <laughs> but this but this third leg, it just does not feel like Esau's. No, I, I imagine it's more of like a TSA situation. You know? <laughs> That's what I imagine. They always feel me up. <laughs> Lucky. So he said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And then this is like a scene out of some switcheroo comedy. This is some freaky Friday (laughs) shit. Isaac has a moment with Jacob, (laughs) who he still thinks is Esau. Take a listen to this. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near me and kiss me my son. So he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son. It's like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. (laughs) Holy crap! Isaac and Jacob and Esau drag kiss, and then Isaac starts sniffing him? This is wild! (laughs) Mm, Yes, it is. Jacob gets the blessing, and part of that blessing is that Jacob gets to rule over his brothers and get the best grain and fruit and food of the earth. So Jacob, this twink, this queen from the abbey, is getting all the authority over his older, bigger, hairier, and more masculine brother. The twink shall rule the masculine. This is the law. <laughs> so, what other... Show it is written and so it shall be. <laughs> what other masculine men existed in the Bible? Oh, there are two others that jump to mind. And mm-hmm. what do they have in common? They both died. Yeah, exactly. So, Goliath is a giant. He's big and scary. 
in 1 Samuel describes him as a six cubits and a span. That was my nickname in college. <laughs> There's a conversion chart in cubits and span into feet and inches. Like, how do we know? Yes, there, there is a conversion chart. And if you put six cubits and span into Google, which never lies to you, you'll get nine feet and nine inches. Ooh, very cool. I'm going to change my grinder profile to give my measurements in cubits from now on. I'm sure that'll really impress the fellas. So, he's one of the Philistines, this Goliath, nine foot, nine inch man. Apparently, I'm about a span. I'm about a span. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the Philistines are at war with Israel. And he knows that he's big and scary and masculine. So, in 1 Samuel... It goes into detail about all the military gear he has on, something else that our culture loves to fetishize. I mean, not just our culture. <laughs> um, one detail is that Goliath was wearing a chainmail coat of armor that was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Makes me think of like a. When do you plug that into Google? <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds fabulous, though. Right. It might. Like, it makes me think of the belly dancers. How much does that weigh? Thing. Uh, it, it weighs about. I. You know, Google says 125 to 150 pounds. Okay, so heavy, and he's just walking around with yes. it. And Goliath is also a bully. He is taunting Israel, telling them to send him a man to fight. So we see in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 through 10, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? I am not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, Today I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man that we may fight together. David, yes, that David, is a scrawny little guy. He can't even fit into the armor, but he approaches Goliath to fight. David, again, a twinky little guy, approaches Goliath to fight. And Goliath is disgusted that they sent a little twink kid. Now listen to this. In 1 Samuel 17, 42 to 43, when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, <laughs> Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. You know how this goes. David uses a slingshot to knock out Goliath. And once Goliath is on the ground, that little twink goes up to him and cuts off his head with Goliath's own sword. So being big and muscly and cranky didn't really work out for Goliath no, either. No, no, twinks will always win. And I think the bottom line of this story is never, ever underestimate a twink <laughs> a determined one at that <laughs> of course this is david who captured the heart of jonathan just a little later also dances naked through the city and his affairs with women and rules israel for years let's not forget that yeah. i mean he's not master mm. mask but he's not totally femme either nope all right we have one more story this other masculine man of the bible is oh my biblical crush and i'm ashamed of it but not really, Samson. Ugh. 
Samson. Oh, I remember one of our first episodes. We were coloring yes, Samson from a Sunday we were. school coloring book. And were you not like getting hot and bothered while doing it? I, I, I'd rather be with David. <laughs> well, Samson, let me tell you, is big and strong. And he also clearly has God's blessing. Before he was born, an angel said to, that Samson was going to be consecrated or set apart for God. So he's not like Esau, who gave up his blessing, and he's not like Goliath, where he's part of the enemy's army. He is already within God's favor. So we love a masculine man within God's favor. (laughs) I'm not going to stop him from being the worst (laughs) example of toxic masculinity. (laughs) He's a good warrior and he kills people all the time, but... Samson's pretty easily manipulated. Mm, He likes the ladies. So hooking up with sex workers and eventually finding a Philistine wife, the same group that Goliath was a part of. Samson tells the Philistine a riddle that has to do with honey and a dead lion. That's another strange story within this story. (laughs) But the Philistine convinces his wife to tell her the answer so she can tell him. She cries in front of him and and he tells her everything. And of course she tells them, They answer the riddle and win the spoils, but here's what Samson does. First, he says the best insult in the Bible that implicates his wife and the Philistines. If you had not plowed within my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. (laughs) Plowed with my heifer? If you have not plowed with my heifer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then he goes and kills 30 men takes their stuff and gives it to the Philistines who answer his riddle. This is a pattern for toxic masculinity. I think Samson thinks he's really smart, but he's constantly manipulated and then lashes out violently because he loses. This finally culminated with Delilah, his new wife, cutting off his hair and sapping him of his strength. So he's captured. And during a feast, the Philistines tied Samson up naked in the middle of their feast. It's like when you eat sushi off a naked body, like on Sex in the City. Like, who's done that? I don't know. I've seen that. Goals, honestly. But probably more like a go-go boy, just there grinding. I never saw the appeal of eating sushi off a body. Go-go boys, though, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably just there grinding and dancing while you're eating your couscous and lamb chop, you know? More, more like that, maybe. And the last act that Samson does while he's in the middle of this feast, naked and tied to pillars, he prays to God, gets his strength back, and then pushes the pillars over, killing everyone, including himself. And the best thing he did for God and for his people was a suicide mission, which is, in my opinion, I think that's messed up, you know, but... And that, my friends, is what toxic masculinity (laughs) in the Bible will get you. Yes. So just say no. Fems, unite. It's time for world domination, Twinks. Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) I am ready. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Listen. Our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good, our ask for you this week is to examine your life as to where toxic masculinity is showing up. Now, as we said it at the top of the show, it does appear in the queer community. It is insidious. And do a self-examination because that's important. I mean, what do you find attractive? Is it reinforced by the patriarchy or white supremacy? Are there better qualities to be admiring in yourself or someone else? Spend a little time in that reflection. Mm. Um, thank you for joining us. Let's close with a prayer. Uh, please bow your heads unless you're driving. Don't. <laughs> God, 
we want to thank you today for coming together with our community here at Yash Jesus. We are so grateful for this opportunity, King Jesus, to just celebrate your name and just really lift up all of these different important stories with our community. God, let's get rid of our toxic masculinity. Let's start to accept body acceptance and the attitude of diversity in our community. Help us to see your face in each and every one of your children. Lord, we'd like to lift up Scooter and his relationship with his mom. Let her learn how to accept him. He's reaching out and he's praying with all things possible through you. And we'd like to pray for Madeline and her love of scripture and her willingness to share it with us. And that brilliant idea that sent us that amazing <laughs> uh, verse. I'm making my golden dildo now. <laughs> but in the spirit of prayer, we continue giving praise for Bishop Megan Rohrer and Brenda Boss and all the queer people who are giving their gifts and talents to God's church. So we do give thanks and yes, praise Yes, I for believe that. that talent, Lord. Amen. I believe that talent, Lord, is you shining a light on us. And when we use it, that's us reflecting it so other people could bask in it. And we thank you for that, like God, in your holy precious name. Amen. Thank you Amen. all for listening to another episode of Yas Jesus. You can find us at social media at Yas Jesus Pod or on our website at yasjesuspod.com. Listen, I have a question. If you like this show, why can't you just consider becoming a monthly sponsor? You can find a link to do so in the show notes. And listen, if you have haven't yet and you're bored just leave us a review five stars good friend please and share with a friend doing so helps us reach new people and keeps this show chug chug chugging along it really does sweetheart and you know what else while you're at it you can leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website yasjesuspod.com we would love to share your voice and your prayers like we did with madeline today so drop us a line and send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com yeah, call in, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a slut, bro. <laughs> or a, yes, Queen Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, Jesus is hosted by me, Daniel Francesi, and... And I love Mask and I love Fem Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Ekman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yash Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustelios, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. And Femmes, Mass, and everyone in between. God loves you just as you are. So Rainbow, keep praising the Lord, y'all. 